Hello all and welcome to episode 50, a milestone episode of the Hillcrest Duo. I am out Brad Risto at Outsider Brad on Twitter. I am joined by Negan, also known as Metal John. He is at Metal John Radio on Twitter. Yes, thank you all for joining us here today. Glad to have you. We have a lot to talk about today. We both saw Star Wars Rogue One. We'll get into that um, uh, pretty darn quick. But also, while we were away, the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer came out and the Walking Dead mid-season finale, plus a whole bunch of other mid-season finales that we'll try and jump into before we um, uh, take an, um, uh, call it a day. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but before we get started, uh, where we left off uh, on episode 49, uh, we ended with you teasing that you were going to see the production of Hamilton Yes, I saw Hamilton, and I'm wearing my Hamilton Chicago shirt. Very nice. I enjoyed it. didn't even notice that. Oh, nice. Yes, it has the Chicago flag, plus I'm a, all, a bunch of the characters from the um, uh, production. Great production. I saw it last Saturday at 2 p.m. It was the regular players. No understudies, no replacements for this one. And they all brought their A game. If you have not seen Hamilton yet, I cannot recommend it enough because it really is as good as advertised and even better in some regards. Yep, I agree. I saw it obviously a few weeks ago as well. So, mm-hmm. I- um, uh, my favorite characters. Um, I really enjoyed Thomas Jefferson in the second act. He's a hoot and a half, especially in our Chicago production. And how can you not like um Hamilton? And of course. King, King George. George. King George. King, King George is great, especially with the, when you see him in the second act. He is just great. But can't recommend it enough. Go see it. Tickets are now available, I believe, actually through next September. So tickets are a bit more um, uh, available now. If you want to get the seats that I wanted, they're a bit expensive because everyone I went with agreed we wanted to see it again, but we wanted to see the it on the front row of the dress circle, is where it, which is where I was sitting. I went to Ticketmaster. They are available through the venue. They cost $497 each. Mm. And I don't got that kind of money. So, unfortunately, it'll look Ask like... Santa. All so, right. it looks like it'll be unobstructed view down in the um, orchestra area for me. But still, looking forward to seeing it again, which I will. All right. So, now, uh, where do we start? Rogue One? I think we have to start with Rogue One, which we both saw. Um, uh, Metal, what are your initial thoughts? Um, well, first of all, Felicity Jones. Awesome. She did a great job. Yes. Really liked her as uh, Jen Urso, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, she was great. I mean, there was a lot of depth to her character. There could have been... She, she's, uh, a, she's a great actress, too. If you, I don't know if you saw Theory of Everything, but she played um, Jane Hawkins. I did uh, not. And she was nominated for an Oscar oh, wow. for that. Uh, she was great in that movie, too. But, yeah, Felicity Jones, uh, a great... Uh, overall, the movie was... About what I expected. I mean, mm-hmm. it was great. It was full of action. It had. Oh, I, how, how about the last hour though, which was just pretty much one one hour long battle scene. Oh yeah, for sure. That was it, great. And what I loved about it, what I absolutely loved about it, it full felt spoilers, like. Spoilers, by the way. We're gonna. Yes, spoil. full spoilers. Um, it felt like a Spielberg war movie, as um, uh, you had them storming the beach, and there was you just had that old war movie vibe through that entire last hour, and I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I'm excited to go see it a second time already. Oh, yeah. I, I'm ready to go see it again, uh, which I will be. But uh, um, maybe uh, maybe one thing I could I can say I was a little 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 hurt by. I was hoping for a little bit more Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. Although, I, have to want, say, I think everybody wanted more Darth Vader. Everyone loves more Darth Vader. Although, I have to say, the scene with him in it where there was actual interaction between him and the director. Yeah. He was a smart-ass Darth Vader. 
Yes. And I'm like, oh and my then, gosh, then, this is Darth Vader's a smartass. I like this one. And what about what about angry Darth Vader? Yes. Angry oh. Darth Vader at the end, just mm-hmm. killing everybody. Yes. Just wiping people out. That was badass. I will say, um, it was a fairly formulaic movie. You spend the first hour getting to know every character as they get introduced throughout. You meet your ensemble, and some of them are a little um, one-dimensional. But what can you do? It's an ensemble cast, and it is the story of, um, uh, I am the worst person with names. What was her name again? Oh, Jen Enzo? Jen Enzo. It was her story, so she was the main focus. And you meet more characters along the way, and then... what? You get the battle scene, and one thing that I find kind of shocking is that I uh, was going through Twitter and um, other discussion boards. People were shocked that everyone dies in the end. And really? I'm like, how can you be shocked? You know that this um, is the plant, the plot to steal the Death Star plans. It's mentioned in Episode 4. Do you know how many people died to steal these plans? How can you not expect everyone to die? Yeah. Well, you knew it was going to happen. And, and I like that. I mean, And, and I'm just... I. I I don't know if people are disappointed that so many people died. I think people are more disappointed that they showed everybody died. Oh, they yes. They to. showed every they of the – all the main characters you meet in the first hour, you see them meet their, I guess, somewhat grisly ends, as grisly as it can be in a Star Wars movie, which, yeah. albeit and, and isn't that grisly. the ending basically walks you right up to a new hole. Like, it, just, exactly. That was the – I was going to get to that. That was just – because this movie ends, if you haven't seen it yet, just as episode four begins, you see the ship that Leia's on uh, break away, Darth Vader looking at it, and obviously you can assume the Star Destroyer is going to chase them down. Yep. It is just a great ending as it moves right into episode four. You could watch both of them back to back and it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be like a part one, part two. Yes. Um. Yeah, that was uh, that was really cool. I mean, what did you think of the CGI of Carrie Fisher and... I thought that was in, the other. I thought that was in front. I thought they just got a, um, a stand-in for her. I didn't realize it was CGI. Apparently, it was all CGI. That's amazing. Or at least CGI on the facial right. features. But yeah, I, I thought I thought that was cool um, as well. A couple of Easter eggs I found. Uh, I, I search for the Easter eggs. Of course, everyone does. After I see it once, and then I search for Easter eggs, and then the second time I look for those Easter eggs. But uh, in the opening sequence, um, in the uh, Urso home. Yes, and the- um, there was blue milk, which, by the way, was Luke Skywalker's favorite drink. Yes. Um, oh, on uh, on the on the planet uh, Jedi, uh, we hear people say, "May the force of others be with you." Mm-hmm. Did you know that's the the original version of the famous quote? I did not know that. Yes. The older I'm- phrase was used in the Dark Horse comics of the original Star Wars script titled "The Star Wars." So nice. that's uh, they kind of threw that in there. Um, by the way, there was, I, I never watched Star Wars Rebels, the animated series, but apparently there was a ton of connections to that. I haven't, everything I've, from some ships to character names being mentioned. So if you watched, uh, Star Wars Rebels and you just pay attention to names that are being said and especially the scenes where there's a lot of ships, like, you know, right. in space, you could see some of the ships that were also in that series. That's awesome. So I, just, I was never much into that, but I may have to give it a watch because I know people that watch it and they say it's really good. It's just, I never got into it, unfortunately. And there's also a director Easter egg. Um, so the director, uh, Gerth Edwards, he did 2014's Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in Saw's Cave in, in Rogue One, 
there's some cave paintings, and one of them is uh, the one of the creatures from Monsters, which was Gert's uh, first film. Also, <laughs> there are some Mutos from Godzilla that are painted on the cave walls. And apparently the director did not have anything to do with this. Uh, the crew did it sort of as a joke. Uh-huh. And Gert like, just happened to notice it while they were in production. Um, so you have to kind of look again and saw his cave, and you could see some of those uh, drawings. Now, as we continue on talking about the things that we've liked about this movie, one thing I really liked about this movie, it, it was so transparent that this is what was going to happen when I saw it at the beginning, the, him uh, get plucked up from the planet uh, to go work on the weapon. I'm like... Oh, God, they're finally going to explain why it was so easy to destroy the Death Star because this guy wanted to do it. Because once I saw, figured out what they were talking about, because obviously you knew it was about the um, plans for the Death Star, you find you and you finally find out, they explained it away. The reason why the Death Star was so vulnerable was because the guy designing it wanted it to be so. So that whole thing that's been around since A New Hope, since 1977, like, why would they make it with that um, exhaust port that could blow it up so easily? That seems really stupid. You now know it was there intentionally as an intentional way to sabotage it. And I realize it's a retcon, but it's a great retcon, and I just give them a kudos for that one. Yeah, me too. I think that that was a really cool little twist into the whole storyline as far as, you know, I think they did a great job when they kind of showed us how they uh, found mm-hmm. out about the Death Star. Right. You know, how the rumors and the pilots started talking about it. And then when they find out that, the lead engineer is, you know, Jen's father, father. Um, and she's able to confront him about it. Who's and, a and double agent, ostensibly. Exactly. I, not so officially, but. Was, I, I just thought overall, the, just the way the writing is, and, and that's what's great about Star Wars in general, is they can make movies like this all the time, and they can mm-hmm. just kind of like put in these little things and spin it off to a completely different storyline. Right, because now we get to look forward to um uh, the young Han Solo story, which will be coming out in, I believe, 2019. And Absolutely. I can't wait to see that because obviously Han Solo is pretty much everyone's favorite um, uh, character from the original trilogy, especially when you um, uh, get him later on. And I can't wait to see what he's like as a young man. Yeah. The swashbuckling um, uh, entrepreneur, as I'll call him. <laughs> oh, uh, I know me and you noticed when we were watching it, but uh, they used the word hope a lot in this movie, too. Yes, they did. Hope, 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 hope. More so in the last hour. There was just a lot of hope talk. A lot yes, of hope talk. which is what I suppose I'm uh, talking about, the over-reliance of that phrase. We can move on to whatever small nitpicks we could find, and obviously them using hope a lot was one of them. And while um, uh, the main crew of um, uh, her um, Rogue One was well-established, you had the two people she met on... The desert planet, the blind guy, the, the, basically the two monks that I didn't feel were really established. One was blind and believed in the Force, and the other was not blind and didn't really believe in the Force. Yeah, they just seem like filler characters, mm-hmm. just people that interact with something different, you know. Um, I really didn't see that they were that important. You know? No, I but don't. I also didn't. I wasn't bothered by them. I mean, they were just they, there. They, they were there. They were someone that you got a little bit of a chance to connect with, so you felt something when they died, and that... I, um, a full um, uh, disclosure, they were the most badass characters. They were characters ostensibly made to be badass world beaters. And so when you see they finally die, you get that little kind of gut punch. Yeah. Um, I, I guess one little thing I could say is an ask uh, for the movie. or I, I don't even like saying I was disappointed with. But one thing that I would have liked maybe something in was I, I would have liked to have seen more of Jen's character. Um 
in that in that gap that we miss. Because we yeah. see her as a young girl, and we see her father get taken away. We see her go into hiding. We see somebody take her out of hiding. But then we just fast forward to what? 15 years later. And she's in prison. And we don't even see how. And she's in prison. Yeah. And she's also very skilled fighter. So how mm-hmm. did she get these skills to fight? Well, well, you know, the, it is all this... mentioned that um, uh, she was with um, uh, Saul on uh, the planet and he became her best soldier. Yeah. So, I mean, but I guess I'm just saying I, I would have liked to see I would have liked to see something. some of that. Show, don't tell. Show, don't tell is the. But, um, you know, I also know that, you know, hell, it's a two-hour and 20-minute movie as yes. it is right now. So if you want to put in something like that, you got to take something out. And, and I don't know have, what you necessarily take out. Yes, because the first – it was a very tight first hour, as then you get into the one-hour-long battle scene. So there wasn't much you could do without just – you have to add more on. Exactly. But overall, I mean, uh, it's definitely a four-star oh, yeah. movie. I mean, nothing less than, than great. Nothing. Um um, I, I will say maybe some of the cinematography and visuals weren't quite as impressive as we got from J.J. Abrams in Episode 7. He's a bit of a better cinematographer, but still, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but at the same time, too, you're trying to think, all right, this movie is in the past, yes. and everybody who's seen New Hope kind of knows what New Hope looks like. You don't want a movie that's going to look... Like it takes place at a different time period. Right. I do want. I do want to give um the movie credit once again for um that small attention to detail, was them using all the old retro um technology from the 70s, especially the ones that were used in Episode Four. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that same screen. It's that same screen. It's that same screen. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yep. Exactly. As we um uh, are starting to close. Any final thoughts on um uh Star Wars Rogue One? Just want to go see it again. Yeah, me too. Very good. Cannot recommend that one more than enough. Go see it. You will be very happy. Also, while we were gone, um, uh, we saw it actually as one of the trailers for Star Wars Rogue One. Spider-Man Homecoming got it. Well, two trailers. a teaser, Three trailers if you include the teaser, I suppose. But it got an international trailer and it got our local trailer, which is the one we saw. First thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming Metal? Um, I'm actually excited about it. Can you believe that? I know, because you hate Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland looks awesome. Like, he's really... I, I just like... He has that teenager look still. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I thought Andrew Garfield also had that same look. Um, you know, but Tom Holland's also got that same mm-hmm. young teenager, you know. He's got that look that he needs to have. Um, so I, I'm really excited uh, about it. Um, I've got my likes and my dislikes, yes, but, uh, w- of course for, I mean, my first overall reaction watching the trailer was like, wow, this actually looks like it's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. What's, what was yours? That, that was my thought too. I mean, it obviously starts with him showing him taking on street level thugs, which is what Spider-Man does. Oh yeah. That whole scene with the, the bank robbers and the yes. Avenger masks. That was pretty funny. Hey, you're not the Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Yeah. And then he just owns some fools. And even though we get a very small glimpse of Michael Keaton as the as the villain. As the buzzer. Um, he's the got just one line that is badass. Oh, God, yes. Where he's just like, I'm going to kill you and everyone you know. Yes. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, when you watch the trailer, you can see two, at least two different distinct costumes. You see the one he got in uh, Civil War. In the teaser trailer, you see the one with the wings. So you know there's going to be a third one. And then you get to see him in what was his prototype costume. And the question most people are asking is, 
those scenes where we see him in the prototype costume, are those flashback scenes? Or does um, uh, Tony, since we um, also see Iron Man in the trailer, does he take his um, high-tech um, uh, suits away? Does he shut them down? Because obviously Tony is fairly adamant that he should not be taking on the Vulture. Yeah. No, um, th- th- those are some good questions to ask as well. That brings up a worry of mine. Yeah. I'm worried that Tony Stark is going to be in this movie too much. I'm not that worried because I am. I mean, we know he, we know Tony Stark's going to bring a lot of comic relief like mm-hmm. he does in the trailer. We know he's going to bring that because he brings it to all the movies that he's in. I'm just worried if it's going to like be too much of a, of an overshadow on the Spider-Man storyline. See, this is what I'm thinking. And this might be a little long. Here's what I think happens. We see, um, uh, we've seen the beginning of the movie, which is him getting dropped off in the limousine. I think that is the beginning of your movie right there. It um uh, come up from the credits, you see the limo, and they have that little conversation. Tells him not to go do anything. First thing he goes done, goes to do, take out the thugs. And then it goes into high school. Then um, uh, Vulture starts ro- rolling around. He keeps escalating. He tells him not to. That's um, the only other um, Stark scene. He shuts down his suit. That's it for him, except for the end credit scene, which is what I think we see in the trailer, which is Spider-Man and Iron Man in the city. I think that's probably one of those end credit things. Yeah. no. I, As they close out, and that goes to tri- um, uh, Black. It could be. Um, but that's just my thought. This is completely uh, unknown. I, I did read this, and this was kind of a funny uh, funny thought, too. Is somebody was wondering, um, who is it that filmed... The Civil War airport footage. Oh, that's a very good question. Because, Everyone, that's because been made if fun you of. think about it, he's watching the footage on his laptop. So yes. clearly it's like a YouTube footage. So somebody filmed it. Well, somebody got really close to it and um, uploaded we know it exa- online. We know exactly who it is. Peter Parker is a photographer in the comic books. And obviously but he vi- videotaped himself? Obviously those videos from YouTube from the Civil War, those were probably filmed by Peter himself. He, instead of being a photographer for the um, uh, Daily Bugle, he's a YouTuber. He YouTubes, uh, he um, gets the YouTube footage and says, footage of the Spider-Man, footage of the Spider-Man. And obviously, I, so for whatever reason, that would be a little, that would make it a little bit more modern. I like that. And for whatever reason, people can't put two and two together. The guy getting the footage of the Spider-Man is indeed Spider-Man, but we'll suspend our disbelief for the sake of the film. And there's but, still, there's still some more mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, uh, Zaneda, who is she? Is she Mary Jane? Uh, she's mm-hmm. saying she's not. She's said that several times. Right. Even up to a few weeks ago, she's – and her character is listed as Michelle. It's simply just Michelle, no last name on, right. on IMDb. So um, rumors and questions and head scratching. Is she Gwen Stacy? Is she Mary Jane? Um, the name Michelle is a very plain name and with no last name, thinking that she's some sort of secret character that they're not – but um, uh, so one thing that a lot of people want her to end up being, considering her ethnicity, is Cindy Moon, who is um, Silk from the comic books. Okay. Who is a superheroine in her own right. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. It would be a nice break to have this movie not include Mary Jane. Or Gwen Stacy. Or Gwen Stacy, just you because have, we've seen them so many times. Right. You know, it'd be nice to just get... You have Liz Allen, who they're crushing on in the trailer, yep. which a lot of guys can... Uh, um, uh, connect with you, crushing on the girl who doesn't know you exist. Yep. 
And it's a daily routine for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite stare quite as intently as they do, but yes, I, I get that. But no, I, right now, the trailer did everything you want it to do. Yeah. It, um, it piqued everyone's interest, and it even got you a Batman, I mean, a Spider-Man hating uh, misanthrope excited. I do have one thing <clears throat> overall about the trailer that I'm going to pick on a little bit. Go ahead. And this is something that, yeah, you can just laugh and tell me that I'm overthinking We'll it. take our slings and arrows now. <sighs> I'm not a fan of them using that stupid song, Time to Pretend, by MGMT as basically the song for the trailer. It's a one-hit wonder song. Yes. It's old. I don't think it sets the right tone for a superhero movie. It sets the tone for, like, a high school teenage girl chick flick movie. It doesn't set the tone for a superhero movie. Okay. Just my, just my thought. I completely agree with you, but let's consider what they were showing when that dumb high school song was playing. It was showing his daily life in high school. And as soon as the vulture shows up, music changes to something more dramatic. So I think they were doing it stylistically, saying, okay, we're going to show his high school life now and how it um, contrasts with his superhero life. Okay, that's a good way to think about it. All right, I just they, thought they, I'd throw it out there. You, you, are, you probably are overthinking it, and then I overthink you right back. Checkmate. All right, I'll go home now. Okay, yay! As we have to talk about at least one more thing, which is the mid-season finale for season six of The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was a great wrap-up to the mid-season, mm-hmm. episode, season seven, the mid-season finale. Oh, seven. So, so 7A, 7A has come to a close. Um, we've got, we've, we've got, uh, we've definitely got some things to talk about mm-hmm. as far as what we've seen up to this point. Um, I'll start off by saying I absolutely love season seven. Yes. Probably better up to this point than a, a few of the previous seasons. I have some problems. They've been me- they meander a bit. I don't think they've had to do these extended episodes quite as much. I think they could have um, told their stories in the tight um, of 44 minutes, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I I, I guess I can see that. Um, it, the midseason finale catches up on a couple things, opens up a couple of new questions for debate. Um, first of all, Negan still continues to be a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, you know... I guess one thing I've been thinking about lately is how do you think the writers are going to kill him off and when? Do you think he dies in season seven? Do you think he survives for part of season eight? Do we want to talk about what how he is in the comics at all? First of all, uh, you we could talk a little bit about because in the the comics they don't kill him, they capture him and throw him in a jail cell basically, because ostensibly the whole idea is. Rick is a better person than Negan, so instead of killing him when he has the chance, he does what his old lawman uh, profession tells him to do: put him in jail. And that's he seeks justice, not vengeance. Okay. And that might be an overarching theme of the latter half of season seven. What I do think we're going to see from the latter half of season seven is obviously Rick is motivated now. He's he's gotten off his ass and has dusted himself off. Yep. I think we will be seeing Rick forming a posse. The question is, how does that end with see, um, uh, the actual season end? Do we see is um, uh, Negan going to be a one and done, one season and done villain, or will we see more of him? Will we see um, uh, Rick's team going to in with almost everything on their side, and despite it all, they still get beat? 
They lose Alexandria. They lose a few people, and now they're on they're nomads and have nowhere to go. Because I don't think no. they're going to um, lose completely and be around um, uh, um, captured by Negan again. They've done that. They're not going to play that same song again. But I could see them pulling a twist there saying, okay, we're going to get them. And then they fail, and then they're on the run. They have nowhere to go that's safe now. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that idea more. Um, I'm just not a fan of them trying to find a way to kill him off because I feel like they're starting to go down that path. Like they're trying to make the fans hate him. It's not working with me. I still love him. Well, <laughs> but you, like you know, fans in general people. hate him, and and I'm just, I guess I'm just worried that they're gonna cap off season seven. You know, um, with him, get, I th- I think you're right. I think most but, likely the end of season seven will be him being defeated. My well, the thing I posited, I think, is a remote, remote, remote possibility because obviously they have had no qualms about go- deviating from the main story of the comic books. But I don't think they'll kill him. I think they will capture him. We just may never see him again until they decide to dust him off mid season eight, maybe. With a big beard, looking all homeless and stuff. Something like that. Um, so let's talk about Daryl real quick. Daryl escapes. Daryl. With Jesus. Yes. Um, once Negan finds out he's gone, somebody's going to pay. Well, one of his, uh, I, I would assume it would be the guy that was um, uh, charged with breaking Daryl. Well, not only that, but you know Negan's going to go to find Daryl, and everybody knows where Daryl is going to go. So, right, so... how how does Rick hide Daryl? Without anybody giving that up. I mean, how does – that's what I'm just, like, confused well, is what that storyline is going to bring and what are the – like, maybe maybe Daryl doesn't get very far and he gets recaptured before he even gets a chance to get to Alexandria. Or maybe uh, they um, have to go to their um, backup fallback plan, which is the place we talked about earlier in the season, the place where um, uh, they said, keep it a secret. I don't think that's going to be a secret much longer. No, I don't think so either. I think that um, uh, Oasis will be t- known to at least Rick. Let's, I'll tell you somebody who I'm, uh, who I'm a little jelly of yeah. right now. Carol, she's got a good life right now. Mm-hmm. Just kicking it in Ezekiel's kingdom, reading a book, eating vegetables and fruit, no drama, no fighting, nobody coming and stealing all their supplies. Nope. Um, she's got a pretty it's good nice. life right now. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd go for that in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. All right, and then we do have one thing to talk about. The big mystery from the show is who is the spy wearing the boots? While Rick and Aaron were were at the houseboat, we see the we see the foot, we see the binoculars, we see the black hoodie. Um, there's a lot of theories out there of who that could be. One of them is Dwight. Could be Dwight. Um, uh, that that's but, the one I'm going with. Um, you know, because he's kind of on the outs as a savior, and obviously in the comics he he's the guy who. Helps get Rick and the gang and gets right. everybody together to take down Negan. It's the most obvious choice, so I'm just going to go with it. I don't think they're going to deviate too much from that. I th- just like they didn't deviate, while they did deviate with the death of Glenn, they still killed him off in the same gruesome faction. They just killed two people instead of one. So I think I think this plot point will remain the same. Yeah, I just, for some reason, part of me starting to question, if it's Dwight, why are they keeping it, why are they trying to make it a mystery? I almost feel like... It's a new character we haven't met yet, and that's I, ooh, I didn't even and, think and that's and that's who it's going to be. It's going to be a new character we haven't met yet, um, or they haven't even cast him or, yet. Or <laughs> it could be somebody from Alexandria 
that's following Rick. Right. And now sees Rick get all these supplies and kind of tries to use that against Rick. Maybe. Because um, we know that Rick isn't liked by everybody in Alexandria. No. Clearly. But he's, it looks like he's going to be back to being the Rick-tator, so they better get in line. So we've got a couple of options. I, but I, if, you, if your go, theory gonna, is that it's a new one, they might not even cast it yet. It just might have been an extra, okay, put some boots on, put a hoodie on, and we're going to cast, and you're gone um, after this. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking maybe it's a new character we're going to meet because, I mean, let's face it, it's time that we maybe maybe meet some more new people. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of getting um, dull with the same cast of heroes. Someone new might be nice, especially since the heroes have been kind of dwindling. That is true. New new person, new blood. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so coming up, um, I think episode 51, uh, which we'll tape on Christmas Eve one week from today, uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite uh, moments from 2016. Mm-hmm. Just overall moments, uh, rather be some some of our favorite movies, um, or just movies that we really liked, previews, right. TV show moments. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very casual, uh, just chit-chat. And then uh, as we go into the new year, we'll wrap up the CW shows. Yes. Um, we'll talk about more movies coming out. As, um, and pr- pretty much preview the second half of the seasons for the CW shows as we have we have been slacking. And, at, and at some point, maybe in January, early February, I'll have my top ten films of 2016 to run through. Right. Obviously, given how the film industry works... All of the best movies for the year sometimes don't even come out until January, right? <laughs> even though they're even though they're the, playing in New York and L.A. right now, right? So got to see some of those. There's some really gotta good get, ones coming out. Got to get those ones out for um, uh, award season. Can't wait to see Dunkirk. Oh, me too. That looks awesome. Christopher Nolan, my buddy. I met him. I met him. He's buddies. They know they know each other by first name. Well, he knows him by first name. I know him by first name. And I got a photo of me and him at my desk at work. And you're just like, who the hell are you? To him. Yeah. This has been episode 50 of the Hillcrest Duo, recorded on Saturday, December 17th, 2016. I am Brad Risto at Outsider Brad. He is Negan. I'm Metal John at Metal John Radio on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week. <laughs>